So picture this. You're on your way to work and you stop in a coffee shop and you see that the TV is on and everybody's watching it. And the youngest person in the world has died. And they're 18 and three months. And as you leave the coffee shop, it explodes behind you. That's how uh, Alfonso Caron's Children of Men opens. This is a film from 2006, but this was, I just recently watched the film for the first time about a week ago. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a No Promises podcast production, is what I will call it, uh, called Michael Loves Movies. Just kind of a little movie review thing, because I do like to talk about movies, and, you know, I thought I would maybe have a little show dedicated to that. Just review one every other week. So from now on, it'll be No Promises every other week, and Michael Loves Movies on the off week. So as in next week, it'll be the regular podcast, and then the week after that, it'll be another movie review. So I'm talking about Alfonso Cuaron's Children of Men. This film came out in 2006, uh, starring Clive Owen, who you might know from The Nook, I think it's called. Or no, not The Nook. The, um... God, what's that show called? I mean, he was very recently in Gemini Man, that movie with Will Smith, where Will Smith plays (laughs) the younger version of himself. The Nick, excuse me, not The Nook. He was in The Nick, where he plays like a doctor addicted to cocaine. But uh, really good show, too. But yes, Alfonso Cuaron's 2006, like, God, I almost want to take it as like a warning for the world. And it's, it's, so it came out in 2006, and it takes place in the year 2027 in a world where, oh man, I just said in a world. But in this world, uh, women slowly in increasing numbers became infertile until all women were infertile. And that's why someone who is 18 years old and like three months was the youngest person in the world. And when he died, it like shook everyone to their core at that point. I believe he was stabbed or something in a fight. He was almost treated as like how he died felt uh, shitty because he didn't want to sign something because he was kind of famous for being the youngest person in the world because he was the most per- recent person to be born. Um, but as uh, things continue... Uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to get... It's going to get more and more spoilery as time goes on. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know when I get into, like, deep, deep spoilers. But um, Clive Owen's uh, character, Theo, who I'll just refer to as Theo from this point on, uh, he seems to be a bureaucrat for the English government in London, which is where the majority of this movie takes place. And he... Or a decent amount of it, for sure. In in England, I would say, is where it takes place, not necessarily just London. But um, he works for the government in some capacity, like uh, in a bureaucratic aspect. Seems to... He has an official position, is kind of the point. And he goes to talk to his boss after, saying that... uh, he needs to take the day off and that the death of the youngest man, uh, Diego, I believe his name was, was, uh, was, was, was weighing heavy on him. 
And essentially, as it continues, you learn that Theo used to be a bit of an activist when he goes to see his friend Jasper, played by Michael Caine. Uh, you know, he's a funny, very likable guy. But uh, just as you're watching the film, you can already, like, it <laughs> very clearly has a very dark tone. But also, like, there are some laughs with Jasper and stuff like that. Because you can't, I think, well, you can but I think it's very hard to make a really good serious movie without any comedy in it at all. Because if it's just dark and dreary, it's just going to fucking beat on you. But also, like, people people are funny in all situations. It doesn't matter. People are always funny to some extent, whether that's through their nerves, pushing them, like, the nervous chuckles and the nervous jokes and everything. Like, I certainly know that I... We'll throw out a random joke if I'm even uncomfortable. Just to try and lighten the air a bit. And so, yeah, you get to know Theo a little bit, how he used to be an activist, and that uh, his friend Jasper was a, a political cartoonist who you know made lots of jokes about this whole uh, event as they were events as they were happening in the news and stuff like that. And he won lots of awards. That's what it seems like. But he's retired, and his wife seems to be. Uh, catatonic to an extent. Uh, she seems to still be able to eat, but she just kind of sits. Doesn't move, doesn't speak, doesn't do anything. And Theo is just kind of there just to like unwind and learn that Jasper has a weed farm, but like, and they talk about, I think the, the whole juxtaposition there, which they kind of point out, was well done just to kind of explain that the world is so depressed right now because nobody can have kids and there are no kids. Like, there are no kids here. And everybody is just depressed that they have, like, a legalized euthanasia drug, basically, that you can kill yourself. And Michael Caine's character, Jasper, kind of just comments on this by saying, it's like, yeah, that you can, it's legal to kill yourself, but it's still legal to grow weed. And he has, a, like, a whole weed farm and everything with infused with strawberries, you know? It sounds tasty. But really, just the movie it's it's a really beautifully shot in like a very dreary landscape and there's lots of reference to art and that type of thing uh like art is in like paintings like older paintings i can't remember the names of all of them but uh i remember i was reading something about it or an album cover i believe is one of them even which might have used a painting i realize but this is kind of continuing it kind of cuts to the next day and you're getting a good uh, little look at Theo on his way to work again, but this time he gets fucking kidnapped and, you know, thrown into the back of a van, as you do. And it seems to be a bunch of activ activists, excuse me, wanting his help to transport a person, essentially, uh, out of the country. Because as you're... Oh, yes. as um, It does a really good job of framing there's a serious, like, refugee crisis going on in London. Like, as in the fact that they are just trying to kick everybody out if they are illegal immigrants. And it's, it feels very relevant to today, which was before Britain's whole, uh, I believe it was a Syrian refugee crisis from about, like, relatively recently. And it's just, it's political commentary is pretty interesting on that aspect. And I don't know, I really think you should see it if you're 
interested in something dark and a post-apocalyptic, but like there is a level of hope at the, you know, I, I think you should expect a bit of hope. Just, it's not, you're not going to completely like lose it. It's not a happy movie by any means, but it's certainly a positive in the way that it looks. Um, at people, I would say at individuals. I'd say there's a there's a positive look at individuals in this film, but a very negative look at like group mentality of like corporations and of citizenship and citizens. Um, I think I'm going to get it pretty deep into spoiler territory at this spoiler territory. Excuse me, at this venture. So if you don't want any spoilers for it, I think you can watch it on Netflix. I think you can watch it on Crave. But I don't think you can watch it on Amazon, and then I don't know about any other services. You can also probably rent it on a lot of things because it is an older movie. It's about like 14 years old, I believe. Um, or 15. Wow, it's 2021. Um, yeah, I really heavily recommend this movie, and I think you should go see it. <laughs> but uh, just getting into like spoiler territory here, I think the. At this point, when he gets kidnapped by the activist, you see uh, Julianne Moore's character, I believe her name was, oh, Julian, not Julianne, but Julian. Her name was Julian, and uh, she was Theo's wife, which you can, you put together because there's a scene previously in Jasper's where there's a photo of Theo, Julian, and a baby. And... She's the only one of these activists not wearing a mask because that probably would help him trust it more likely. And uh, it's funny, you notice these little like back down de background details that are like King Charles should be thrown out, like implying that uh, Queen Elizabeth II has passed at this point and King Charles has been put into power. And that's just like a, a nice little like nod to the things that could happen. But it's a nice little nod. It's kind of a dark nod, but uh, a nod nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> the movie is, it's, it knows when to use, I would, I would say, like a close-up shot and a bit more of a wide shot of their, they have this conversation about what he needs to do. He just essentially needs to help get some documents because his cousin is like a rich individual who can get uh, like a travel pass for just about anybody. And because he lives in this like private area and he's just has quite a bit of power. He seems to be like an artist of some kind. So Theo at first is kind of like, fuck no, I don't want to do this. But then after they drop him off, he kind of decides to. Theo's kind of a bit of a, he's just a bit of a dick. But I think he's also just kind of mad at the world is kind of the whole aspect you get from him. Be a bit of an asshole to people, but to be fair, these guys kidnapped him. But he, <laughs> um, yeah, but he goes to see this guy who's his cousin, I believe, and he has to go through like a bunch of gates across this big old bridge and into like it's kind of like an industrial, <clears throat> excuse me, this industrial area. And he passes through these gates and then talks to his cousin. He sees his cousin who seems to be collecting old art. He seems to have Michelangelo's David, but it's been a little bit busted up. And 
mentions another piece being lost. I can't remember which one it was. And then there's this moment where it looks like there's like smokestacks and like a big pig balloon in the background, which I can't remember the name or the reference for the life of me, but I believe it's a painting uh, that had the exact same imagery, but I think just conveying the pollution that I think that in this case that England was contributing to the world and other political parties weren't doing anything about it. Um, because I believe in London, the one of like how America has like the donkey and the elephant that one of the political parties in England or Britain or whatever um, is represented by a pig, but I might be wrong on that. Just I'm kind of thinking back to there's that Black Mirror episode where the prime minister has to <laughs> fuck a pig or they like kill a hostage or something like that. It was a bit, you know, dark reference, dark show, dark everything, <laughs> dark movie. Um, but yes, back to Children of Men. I think it's just, he, as, like as we learned a little bit earlier, Theo used to be an activist and he was clearly righteous at some point. So he does want things to be better, I guess, to an extent at this point, but he's kind of more doing so reluctantly but also for money because I believe they were going to pay him something like a certain amount of pounds or something like 5,000 or 10,000 pounds. And he talks to his cousin and eventually it was an interesting scene, but it's hard to, it's hard to visualize for you with just my words. And I think you should just kind of watch for yourself. It's just an interesting scene. And he eventually they have a good conversation about how he's going to give him two passes one for Theo and one for this girl that he, that Theo needs to transport. But Theo has to be with her is the whole point of these passports. And he eventually regroups with the activists. You see more of their faces now, just because they're kind of at a more trusting basis, I guess. Uh, one of them named Luke being played by Chuatol Ejiofor, who I quite like. He's, he's quite good in a few things, but, um, but um, but um, but um, they are driving to like deeper into the actual countryside, and there's there's a new woman on with them as like he meets the one. Her name is Key. This is who he has to transport. And there's another girl in the car named Miriam who's like traveling with them. And then there's Julian, and then there's Luke, and Luke is driving. And Julian really goes into the whole thing about how Theo used to be like a serious activist and Key said, I thought he was supposed to be suave and Julian's like, oh, trust me, he, he can be. And there's like bits and pieces you can see of Theo and Julian's old relationship and how they used to be. They start like shooting a ping pong ball or what looks to be a ping pong ball between each other's mouths. It was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and probably just one of the most anxiety inducing scenes takes place after this. And I think it does it really well of they're driving and then they're like going through this woods and then a flaming car comes by and it's just like one shot of like a circle going around as just people are coming out of these trees in the countryside towards the car. So then Luke hits the reverse and they're just pulling out, pulling out and then somebody on a, then there's a pair on a motorcycle are moving towards them and just 
spoilers again this is in the spoiler section very much spoilers 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 and just like headshots friggin or no it was like a neck a shot to the neck of julian she's bleeding like profusely and the scene is just so anxiety inducing because it's like oh one of the important people is dead now and they're worried that they're gonna get caught by the cops at this point as julian just like dies in the front seat and some cops are heading towards all the noise and theo is able to knock one of the motor the motorcyclists off of the bike with his door of the car and they're reversing getting chased by the police and it's just like oh god and now the police one police car pulls them over and luke just murders them and then they get out of there and they bury julian and kind of just have, have to move on and then this is kind of where things take a, a bit of a turn for what happens in the film so they get to this farm, which is kind of like a safe house with where this uh, revolutionary group, these this activist group, <coughs> excuse me, uh, has a safe house to for the transport of key, and they have a few more members there, and they're just trying to like figure out next options. All of them, they're talking about how. Uh, they, they, get, they get like a warm meal from what I remember and things kind of settle down for a little bit and then Miriam, the lady from before, comes and grabs Theo but Theo also has like one guard that's always on him and then Miriam says, I can watch him for now and then, because Key, the girl that Theo is transporting or was supposed to be transporting uh, wants to speak with him and so he goes in and there's like a like a milking uh i don't really want to, like a barn specifically just with a bunch of tools just to milk cows and there's a couple of sheep and then key the sheep i like i feel like there's this is one of those moments where you get a real like it's very biblical feeling because she just kind of like drops her whole dress and she's pregnant and you're like oh fuck okay even though you can kind of assume that that's probably what something like that might be going on, you know, in a, if this was a zombie movie, the person that he'd be transporting would likely be immune or, you know, cause so in this case, in a world where nobody can get pregnant, she's pregnant. That's why she's important. That's why she needs to be transported. Not just cause she's a refugee, but because she's pregnant and nobody's been pregnant in like 20 years, or at least nobody's had a baby in about 20 years or 18, I guess. And Theo's just like lost his mind at this point. He's like, oh God, we have to just tell everyone. That's what the plan should be, is just tell everyone that she's pregnant. And they return to like a main room with everybody after this. And like Luke comes in and is just kind of like checking if she's okay. And Miriam says, well, it's like she has a right to tell him, obviously, because it's her. She's the one that's pregnant. And then they kind of go back to the main room and like kind of argue about what should be done. And Theo says that they should be told or that they're, they're trying to get her to something called like the human project. That was the original plan. The, these people that are trying to help get everybody infertile, but also the human project is kind of a rumor. They only contact you. Like they're very secretive. So Julian was, yeah, like they're, they're just very secret. And 
so like this whole dinner happens and they have this conversation and then things go awry and it's just it's really a cool movie and you you understand that like Luke seems to have had Julian killed and then eventually like you get more little pieces of Theo takes Key and Miriam and they drive the fuck out of there they go find his friend Jasper who has this kind of secret house and then I think really great foreshadowing was talking about the suicide drug from before as Jasper takes the suicide drug and gives it to his wife and kind of distracts the Luke character who at this point is chasing after Theo because he has taken key and wants to move and get her to somebody who can help. So Jasper has a friend and he sends Theo that direction because they're just trying to get her out of the country and into so they head towards like Bex Hill. This seems to be the place that they're keeping all of the refugees that they haven't been that they haven't kick, outright kicked out yet. And you see Luke catch up essentially to Jasper's house and Theo watches as he gets murdered in just a heartbreaking manner. And he wouldn't say where he was sending Theo, but then we continue on the drive with Theo, Key, and Miriam as they're going through this whole thing. And they kind of reference Jesus a little bit again earlier where she was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm a virgin, is what she says. And she's like, haha, just fucking with you. I don't know who the dad is, though. And they continue to ride on their journey and eventually meet a guy named Sid, who is Jasper's like friend. And they get into Bex Hill, this, or I think it was Bex Hill, where they keep the refugees. And things kind of come away there. Sid's kind of a funny one. He talks in the third person. And he's like, Oh, I'm Sid, you know, <laughs> and that's the only way to, that was in third person, but it's like Sid doesn't understand people, that type of thing. And so they get in, they get into the city, they find a, a gypsy woman, I think is what they referred to her as named Marika. And she takes them to a place to sleep for the night. And at this point, Key's water is broke and we've lost Miriam who was a, uh, a midwife and we've just seen like the utter depression of that they stopped in like an empty preschool at one point where it's just like broken windows and there's only like deers and it's kind of kind of seems just like in a weird way that like wildlife just takes over again if humans are done and you know fast forward they're in Bexhill and <laughs> Theo is having to deliver a baby and he does successfully. This baby's okay. And I think it was just, I think it was a CG baby because it didn't look quite real, but it looked really good for 2006. Especially, I would say. It was quite good. I feel like I wouldn't have for sure known if it was a CG baby if I had, like, if I was less familiar with CG. <laughs> there was just something off about that baby, but it was really well done otherwise. And that or they somehow got a newborn, but like that doesn't actually make any sense. Cause usually when they use a newborn, they actually use one that's like a couple months old because you know, safety. And then she has a baby. And then in the morning, Sid's back all of a sudden and he's dressed up 
differently so he doesn't look like a guard because there's a big hole blown in the wall. Which he's like, Sid knows. That's usually for people to break in, not out. And then Key has a baby. Sid's like, oh, I'm taking that fucking baby. They get away from Sid eventually, and Marika really helps a lot. This gypsy woman who has returned. <laughs> and then Luke and the activist group shows up again, and there's like a big firefight. And it's meeting, reading many comments from real uh, veterans, it is very much like a war zone for like this last 20 minutes and it's terrifying and just uncomfortable and really well done and there's something about like the camera pauses on the background just like it's like atrocities of war just based on ideals and at this point luke has taken the baby but key marika and theo are chasing after him and they eventually get to him because he gets shot by uh, the military. And so Theo is able to grab the baby and is able to grab Key and give the baby back to Key. And they begin moving back down the stairs and there's the crying. And then there's other like rebel people who go up the stairs and they like for a brief moment are about to attack Theo and then stop and like kind of just like pet and say hi to the baby. And then the soldiers come in and yell down cease fire cease fire and then they're can you continue to walk down like everybody has their hands out that's in this like apartment building and it's very beautiful and it's very it's oh man is it like a jesus type baby scene or something you know it's very metaphorically like this is like you know the baby but obviously it's also like just a baby but the fact is, is that it's a baby and it's been 18 years since there was a baby and it's kind of insane and mind-boggling and everybody is awestruck and it's like the pure silence for a minute there was just like perfectly done <laughs> as they make their way out. And then they, they regroup with Marika and she takes them to a rowboat and they row and they row because they have to meet the ship for the human project in the middle of like the ocean by this buoy. And they talk for a bit and like Theo is... Theo is obviously in this movie went from like completely doing this for money for doing it for the baby at this, like he is given it his all as he is losing blood as Luke seemed to have shot him before he was able to pick up the little baby and key decides to name the baby after Theo's son even though she had a daughter she was like dylan can be a girl's name too as theo just kind of like passes out probably gonna die but hard to say as the ship arrives and it kind of like cuts to credits i don't know if i have a rating system for movies and i feel like i just kind of summarized the whole thing so i don't know if i'll figure out a better way to do this over time but i think it was a really beautiful film and i think that if you're into serious like drama and like thrillers i think it is very much worth a watch i think uh i don't know maybe i'll do like a grading system like a like an a or a b type thing i would i would give this movie like an a plus i think it's probably one of the best films i've ever seen and i think that everybody who can stomach it <laughs> should watch it because it is it is pretty like depressing and kind of gives you a hollow feeling at some points but then it has a pretty like bittersweet ending as it should it shouldn't just i don't i don't think 
a lot of stories that try to be real should have just like a happy ending. But I think I think bittersweet's pretty real. Well, thank you for listening to Michael Loves Movies Review Podcast. <laughs> I don't know that that's totally the title, right? <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, hopefully, I'll catch you again when I do this in two weeks. And and if this is the first thing that you're listening to by me, go check out uh, No Promises Podcast and all the other stuff on there. And go follow No Promises Podcast on Instagram. All right. See you next week for a regular episode. Bye-bye.